Hello and welcome. This is Learner Journeys with Bastian Kunz. A podcast about the craft and art of facilitating learning. Enjoy the show. On today's episode of Learner Journeys, I have my good friend Alex Neumann. He's a Canadian man living in Copenhagen and Denmark and co-founder at a little outlet called CoLearn, who are doing remarkable work in the online learning and hybrid learning space, some really innovative and fresh approaches. And he also used to work and still collaborates a lot with Hyper Island, uh, a business school that does things a little bit differently where he was a facilitator. And now he is popping around the world in Europe, doing work as a learning experience designer and facilitator, very similar to me. And so I've, from the beginning of setting up this podcast, I really wanted to bring Alex on because he's an incredibly thoughtful and creative and, and deeply human uh, trainer and facilitator who I've always found to be incredibly inspiring. And so this episode is a little bit longer because I just couldn't bring myself to edit it too harshly because it just went into really interesting spaces and places. And I think, uh, it, I think it's worth everybody's time. I definitely was worth my time to speak with him and i'm very glad to share this experience and this conversation with you enjoy in you know in 2020 i guess it's reasonable to assume that nobody knows anything about what anybody does anymore because everything is different <laughs> so i was wondering like like what do you do right now what is the thing that keeps you busy what is the thing that keep that makes you happy where you find meaning yeah oh my gosh no you're 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 so right it feels like i mean asking that question now compared to some months ago it's uh it's it's so in flux um i so you know working similar to you doing a mix of training and facilitation and design and and of learning experiences um, and I, I, I'm, I'm one who always is, you know, working in, on a range of things, but, um, at the moment, the, one of the things I'm working with the most is this, um, program for gender advocates from the MENA region and from South Asia. And it's something it's, it's called leader lab. It's a program with the Swedish Institute, um, and hyper Island, um, where I, where I worked for a long time and, and still work with. And, um, the, 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 the this, this is a program and, and this is like maybe an interesting, you know, thing for us to, to, to chat about today, but it, it's, was, it used to be a primarily face-to-face program. It would happen in 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 stockholm and in in sweden um and now of course this year it's gone it's it's gone fully online so it's one of the things it's always been one of the programs i've been doing it for years it's one of the programs and 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 experiences that i get you know so much joy and satisfaction from in in work but it's been the frontier of um online learning experimentation for me and my colleagues and my team working with it, uh, figuring out how can we, so we've got, you know, 50 plus, um, uh, young, uh, leaders working with gender equality in different ways, uh, everywhere from Morocco to Egypt, to India, Sri Lanka, uh, and, 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 uh, I think 12 or so different countries. And, um, yeah. So I, so what I'm, what I, what I'm working with in, in that program is, you know, part of the team to design and, and, uh, and, and facilitate and develop that program. Uh, awesome. Like, I think it was Steve Jobs that once said that looking back, you can always connect the dots looking forward. You can't, but looking back, you can connect the dots maybe. And I was wondering if you could tell me about those dots, you know, like when you look back at, where and how you started and what your path mm. was to today like what are some of the moments where you can say like oh yeah that was uh a fork on the road where i went this way and that kind of let me let me hear what are those yeah. forks 
Uh, well, two things come to mind right away. Uh, one is is something that we share in common. We 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 both spent years, formative years, volunteering for a global NGO called CISV, a peace education organization, and uh, and and working as volunteers. I I got pulled into the local chapter of CISV in Ottawa um, when I was a teenager, and. I think that's one of the most important early dots for me as a, what, 15 or 16 year old kind of haphazardly just through my high school friends stumbling into this organization. And the thing was being handed responsibility to, um, to, I wouldn't have maybe said so then, but like design and facilitate, um, learning experiences. That's that's what it was from from a from from a young point and and being handed the the responsibility in this really open and creative uh, way to you know whether it was these weekend camps or or these different evening activities and um, and the, the there 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 was and, and and I think there still is such a spirit in that organization of really putting huge responsibility in the in the hands of youth to um, to 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 create um, learning spaces for each other and and underneath it all and as I as I as I grew and learned in 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 my own journey discovering sort of some of the underlying principles that were always there but you sort of you know as you as you read and learn um the the spirit and the commitment to experience-based learning experiential learning um that was that was there from the beginning, and that's always that was that's just always been, I think, something that um, has has been just it just like it was it been embedded within me from from getting to to do it and work with it at such a at such an early point. It's, it must be the same uh, similar story for you. I bet I bet I bet your story would sound similar. I mean, but now also thinking back to it, like it seems it seems crazy. Like when I was seventeen, eighteen, uh, you know, like a kid from today's point of view you know definitely not <laughs> you know knowing or being able to do anything much but that parents would give their 12 13 14 year old kids under my supervision for a weekend that's crazy you know <laughs> or, or longer in some case we used to do, we used to have this annual summer week-long camp for the youth branch of the whole of canada and we you know we would be maybe five a team of five who would put it together and we would plan all the activities and and these and these these and thinking back to some of the some of the shit that we would design these elaborate sort of narrative activities that would you know s simulate these different kinds of experiences and and you know we'd have some kind of meaning you know whether it was about human rights or diversity or sustainable you know these 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 themes that were always there but we would we would design like the the the, the, the wildest i have a memory this was <laughs> this was actually this was like a seminar for the youth board and we were we wanted to design some kind of workshop around sort of like how we how we work with budgeting for for the, the for the for the chapter leaders i think and we created and so we created it was like this this like simulated puzzle thing we created these spreadsheets where there was i think there was like a hidden error somewhere in the budget spreadsheets and there was a whole story about the 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 i don't know the and and, and then we set them loose needing to role play and find the find the corruption in the budget or something you know like that super elaborate and and okay when i sort of fast forward to today many dots later i'm like that was a like that was amazing stuff and i think probably in in many ways when i'm when i'm at my best today is when i connect to that that creative spirit right because i think an interesting thing that i can reflect on is like you know moving between different spaces whether it's working with ngos or 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 in corporate environments and so on um as a <laughs> as a professional grown-up um, I think I think sometimes maybe now you know you can, it's it's easy to take yourself a bit seriously. Um, I think back to that sort of you know earlier stuff, and I think the the playfulness uh, was a really special part of that. But what I notice as well, like whenever I do some of those more playful things in contexts where you know that may not be the norm, like. Uh, when I work with public servants, for example, you know, like, and then I do a two day intercultural training with them and we do some really 
interactive exercises that would have been considered boring in my youth work activities, right? But now mm -hmm. they are, you know, like a bit wild and they love them, you know, mm -hmm. and they are so impactful and so emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. And it's considered such a creative thing. Uh, whereas, you know, in any of those CASV activities, we would have considered them to be like, Oh yeah, like that's the normal, like that's the slightly less interesting stuff. Let's do something more crazy tomorrow, you know? Mm. And, um, but I think what for me oh. is also still resonating from that time is that I had the deepest learning experiences when I was given responsibility either for me or for others. Mm. And when I was wanting to produce something for others, because I cared about them, not because, you know, there was any pay in it or any, you know, any other monetary incentive, but just this emotional connection to want to do something for and with others because they, you're close to them, right? That I think that still resonates through today as well. No, completely. I think it, to, I noticed as well, and, and I think that's also, you know, when I speak, when I, you know, sort of think about, okay, what do I do and what's, What, what do I, what, you know, what, what, what's, what, what bubbles to the surface when I think about the, you know, what I, what I love about my work. And I talk about that leader lab program. One of the reasons is that, you know, when, whenever I meet the participants of that program, there's so much motivation and drive and, and, and commitment to, to what they're doing. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, inherent meaning and purpose, um, that just, you know, is, is super alive in that program. Um, which, which I, which I, which I really get a lot from compared to, you know, okay, rewind a couple of years working with an advertising agency or, a beer company right um which you know all there, there there's there's something there could be something fun and and, and keep, we can find meaning in you know in all kinds of different 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 assignments but um yeah it's that that sense of of purposefulness and and having such strong intrinsic drive from from the learners that 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 you get to work with that that does something um, special okay so you had these like intense educational activities through practice in within CISV and then what happened afterwards like what were some other formative experiences or maybe people uh, that yeah. that really shaped how you work today well I decided at some point, so, so my, my, my dream growing up as a kid was to, was to become an actor. I, I was, I was super into drama and performance and I got to go to this arts high school and was on this, you know, on this, this path to maybe go to theater school in life and, and, and pursue a career as an actor. Um, and at some point along the way, um, I realized that well, that, that wasn't That wasn't going to be for me. That wasn't the life I wanted to, to live. But I, but, but, but having been in these creative learning spaces in this, you know, I had this arts high school, I was like, oh, there's something really special at the intersection of education and, you know, creativity or, or the arts. Um, so, uh, so the, for, for me, that was, I think the starting point of my career as a, as an educator, as a, as a learning practitioner, um, was sort of saying no to the career path of, of becoming an actor and somehow saying yes to this. Well, okay. Didn't, you know, didn't maybe know where that was going to take me, but yes to, to a path as, as working with learning, but not traditional learning, right. More non-formal, more creative spaces. So I think one of the, one of the big sort of environments and, and, and places, you know, next along, along my path was, um, was when I moved to Sweden, uh, to take a job at, at a, a creative school called Hyper Island. Um, this is back 2011. Um, I sort of threw a, uh, serendipitous series of events got offered a one-year contract to work at this school and hyper island is this sort of creative business school sort of working at the intersection of technology and design and entrepreneurship um and but what's what and i'm not a i'm not a specialist in any of those fields that i just mentioned but uh, but what's special and, and and why that was such a, a a perfect sort of space to land in was that 
um, Hyper Island is really committed to all those same kind of educational principles and, and fundaments as CISV uh, that we mentioned and, and learning by doing a very learner centric approach, a very non formal approach to learning and, and putting, putting students in, in the driver's seat of their own learning. So I came in as a kind of facilitator and got, getting to, to sort of be responsible for groups of students and, and to, 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 to facilitate the curriculum and, and be a coach and, and a facilitator and that um that was a, a space I, I was there for for several years where i just you know continued to um to to, to to be able to work in that kind of really creative experimental forward-looking um type of school that was that was at once being a school right with with sort of these these, these formal programs, you know, you, you, you would take a digital media program for two years, um, but also always saying, um, how can we, how can we push the boundaries of how we, how we do learning? Um, how can we, how can we, how can we make it, you know, really experiential? How can we make it really connected to practice and doing and close to the, the industries where students will eventually go out and, 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 and get jobs in their, in their craft? And how can we really take up a, a whole person approach, not only only practicing developing skills, but also you know developing uh, developing emotional intelligence and leadership and self awareness and self leadership. So um, I've, I I learned a lot and grew a lot in, in, in the years that, that I was working with Hyper Island and um, and and I think that's one of my most formative um, formative spaces for for developing my own my own skills and my own craft. And so in what ways are you using those? Like in the now, uh, that journey mm. that that you walked kind of the with those influences that you've had from CASV to Hyper Island to, I don't know, maybe other things, maybe a, a sport or a hobby or a fatherhood or whatever. Like in what ways can you see those different ingredients coalesce in the now in the way how you mm. work now in your philosophy and your approach and your mm. uh the the tools that you tend to grab first because mm. those are kind of now your um the tools that you feel most uh comfortable yeah. with I think something that I've that that I notice that that, uh, that I think comes from a, a whole range of influences, but um, is that is that I I both really enjoy and I and feel at my best when I'm when I'm sort of generating and creating something new. I think I notice I have an allergy to redoing the same. Thing. Let's say I have a workshop or maybe a talk that I've given um, and I'm you know, doing it for the second or third time. There's something in me that says, well, no, I can't just redo it because I've already done it before. <laughs> um, and that, that, that comes from a bunch of things. One of my, I mentioned having a background in drama. One of the things I did for ages was improv, like improvisatory, improvisatory, uh, theater. And, and, um, and I think maybe there's, there's something, there's some seeds in, in there as well, of feeling really, really in my element and in my flow when I'm, when I'm sort of responding to the moment, responding to the, the context, the, maybe the group, you know, in many cases, the group of learners and the, 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 the setting that I'm, that I'm working in. So I think one of the things that I, that I love to do, and I think, and I, I think this is a, you know, a kind of a, a certain, a certain skill to, is to, is to be able to sort of land in a, in a, in a setting, in a, uh, uh, whether it's, you know, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a workshop or I'm going to, I'm gonna design a program or whatever it might be. Um, and to draw on the range of experience and stuff that, that, that I've done before, but say, okay, how do I put the, the building blocks together, uh, this time? And in this case for, uh, for the moment, that I'm in and the setting that I'm in. And so how do you approach when you suddenly in the middle feel like you need to change with maybe the promises that you've given 
or the different stakeholders that may have an interest in the thing that you're doing or that have an expectation on the outcome, which may not only be mm -hmm. you and the people in the room, but there may be more than, you know, one interest that is being kind of attached to the moment that you're in at that moment. Uh, do you have a, a specific approach or a specific way how you in your mind just reconcile the flexibility and adaptability and maybe a lack of preparation with being prepared for certain things and then they kind of should happen in that order yeah i guess I, i'm thinking when i hear you i'm thinking that you know what does it come down to it i think it comes down to the it, i mean in a learning setting in a in a learning educational training setting it's it's It, it, it's about what what's best for the for the learners or at least i think that's my strongest commitment you know fundamentally of course there as there can be different stakeholders but i think i have a, a an old boss who who once who, who once said to me something like you know it's always good you know, i always like to have a have a, a really detailed plan and be super ready to change it on the fly Right. And that's that's a that's a notion that stuck with me. And I'm, you know, as, as, as much as I talk about loving to sort of meet the moment and improvise and respond, I'm also if I'm going to run a two hour workshop, I'm going to have it, you know, detail planned down to the minute. Right. And we're going to spend three minutes on this and then we're going to spend five minutes on that. Um, and then, you know, fluidly adapt that as we go based on, okay. here the group, you know, and the individuals needed to had a need to. To, to open up and, and explore a little bit more, or we needed to go a little bit deeper, or we needed to get a bit clearer. So I, I find, I think my, my, my loyalty is, is often to the, what are the, what are the, what are the learners need in the moment? What's, what's going to serve the, the group and the, and the purpose uh, and the outcomes that we're driving toward. Um, and I guess maybe that's another way to, to, to respond to the question is, 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 is about like, having lots of clarity around purpose and intention and and the outcomes that we're that we're driving toward really trying to you know with with stakeholders with team often I, i'm d doing a lot of work aligning on that level so how do what's the what's our statement of purpose and what are our what are our key desired outcomes in this program or in this session and um we're we're doing a, a process right now looking ahead to to the, the the next year of that big um leadership program that i'm involved in and And we're like, we're really spending some time and it's challenging. Like we're, we're spending some time trying to really iron out and update and revise and refine our, our, our design platform, as we call it, our statement of, of, of our statements of purpose and our desired outcomes and our learning outcomes. Um, cause I think we, we know that where those are clear, then we can navigate all sorts of small little choices along the way. And when we need to make changes on the fly, that's our compass. That's our, that's our, our, our thing to connect back to. It's not, you know, do we spend five minutes or 10 minutes or, or do, do we do, you know, activity A or activity B it's, it, or how do we make those choices? It's okay. So what's the, what's the outcome that we're, that we're driving toward. And how do you know what your learners need? Mm. Like yeah, how do you connect is, to, to that, great. particularly when you have a very diverse group? Yeah. I think this is this is something that yeah I think about a lot because there's I think traditionally you know education is such a one size fits all kind of paradigm right it's the 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 model that we come from is like the student should conform to the the mode of the classroom and that this is the lesson being taught and and I think that 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 flows into into training settings as well. And, and, and I think it's, so it's easy, even for us kind of forward looking, forward leaning facilitators and, and educators, it's, I think it's easy to fall back into kind of, um, yeah, a one size fits all kind of, a, kind of idea. Um, I, and, and so then I, I think, yeah, how can we, how can we, how can we best understand and, and empathize and, and, and really get to know the, the, the needs and the context and, and, and the, 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 the diverse range of, of, of situations for, for our different learners. And 
yeah, I guess to again just talk about that process that I'm that's active for me now. Um, we've been doing a range of interviews with our current and past participants, so really trying to to listen in, trying to challenge ourselves beyond the assumptions of, you know, even if we feel what we've been doing has been working and it's been successful, and we have you know, and we have that sort of typical kind of feedback in the form of evaluations and 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 the surveys that we would send out and all of that. That's good data, and we of course you know learn learn loads from that um, but can we listen more deeply can we can we can we you know collect some even even deeper insights and um, listen to more than than just the, the the typical questions that we would ask you know what did you find valuable what did what didn't work as well for you what uh, score out of five would you give to these different activities no tell us more more about you know how the experience was for you let's listen and and, and try to um, get some deeper insight I've I've recently been thinking that maybe I've been thinking about it wrong. Like maybe it's not that I need to know what my learners did better, but that I need to create a process where they can find out and define for themselves what they need mm. so that they can then decide for themselves in a better way what part they take what part they don't take how they articulate what they need but maybe it's just to ask beforehand hey what do you need is is maybe a step too too quick you know what i mean Yeah, I, I think that I, I, I really agree. I think that's the other side of the coin of, of sort of from, from the, you know, the responsibility to, to understand and, and have, you know, have a good sense and, and insights into the diversity of, of, of the, the range of, of, of who my learners are, but then also cr creating those ways for them to define that for themselves, giving opportunity to shape that, and then also creating and all the way along creating choices and, and, and options for maybe how to, how to experience the, and how to move through the learning journey. So a couple of things that, that just like that I'm often doing in one way or another, because you say like, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a bit too quick to ask just like, so what do you need or what do you, or what do you, do, do you hope to get? But some version of those questions like stepping into a learning experience so like what is you know what's your what's your strongest intention stepping into this what what contribution do you want to bring to the the the, the community of learners here what um what 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 do you expect will hold you back right uh, often find that that i'm I and the, the, the teams that I work with are creating some sort of um, some sort of step really early on, trying to ask a few questions like that to kind of surface and get get learners reflecting a little bit on on that. It's it's the intersection of like intention, contribution, maybe what's going to hold me back, maybe what am I what am I going to try to stretch myself with? Some of those those probes that because we know that you know if 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 you If you create that intentionality as a participant, as a learner, if you actually think through, yeah, what what do I want to get from this? What 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 am I going to to, to really focus on? What's what 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 might be my challenges? Um, then I think that's a really good kind of priming. Then, because then, if we offer you different choices and, and ways to engage, if there is the room to then shape the the project that you want to realize or the the the, the skill that you that you want to hone, if there's choice, if it's not super rigid and super, you know, we are going to teach you how to use Photoshop. If it's we are going to support you to become a a, a better you know leader of a team, or we're going to support you to 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 become a, um, a a better communicator, you know, whatever it might be, then how would you like to, how would you like to train those muscles? Would you like to do these types of exercises or these types of exercises? And, or, or, or what, what sort of creative talents do you want to tap into in, in that experience? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud right now. <laughs> It's not that mm. I've now thought about this before, but Like there are certain moments in my learning growth where I really want someone to to know me and care about me and accompany me. Mm. 
Mm. And sometimes I just want someone to shut up and just show me how to do stuff and quick, you know? <laughs> and and they're both extremely valuable, right? It's, but sometimes I don't need this to be about me. I just need to know how to, I don't know, do this thing in this photo app or whatever that I don't know how to use. And now I just need to know how to, how to do this one thing. I'm in and out and thank you very much. And it's very consumeristic almost. Hmm. It's a transactional. It's very transactional. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine sometimes. And I have a very hard time being on the other side of that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when it's me that in a way is being consumed. Uh, but, Sometimes I feel like I need to also accept that someone who is in my training room at that moment, they are not in a moment where they need this connection with me and really dive into the complexity of the human condition and understand themselves and their fellow human beings, because that's not what they need right now. They just need to know how to deal with that one person, right? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think in a way it depends on what 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 type of learning are we talking about, right? Because I think in 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 if we if we are talking about like okay, how do I how do I how do I do this thing in Photoshop? Like then there's a there's a there's an answer to that question you, you, that can be given. Um, often that can be Googled, right? So the the if if we think about you know how where, where should for that type of learning best happen? Is that always something that that is actually that relevant to spend time on in a like for lack of a better word, like classroom setting, like when we have a group of learners together, how useful is it to be sort of teaching those specific kinds of skills? If it's, if it's like when we, when we talk about more, maybe like complex types of, of skills or, 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 or competences, like, you know, I work a lot with, you know, leadership in different dimensions. So, you know, and, and so if that's about how to, how to be as a, as a leader of a team, Right. How can you how can you support by creating, you know, a clear vision about creating like supporting a cohesive team, setting culture, all of those types of things. And then there are there are many ways to do that. Right. So then all of a sudden you get into like, well, actually, there is no one right way to do that. We can draw on lots of insights. There's lots of good, good material we can we can draw from. And 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 then there's insights from psychology from neuroscience from um from different fields that can help inform what might be um what 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 might be sort of effective strategies in you know in in lots of cases but i think there's there's a thing that happens sometimes where that that learner sort of goes but but just i just want to know how i should do it I just want to know how I should lead my team, how, how I should, how I should, you know, set the vision. And when we're talking about those more complex types of skills and competences, I do think it's important to push back and say, "Mm, there is no, there, there is no golden rule for you. Like you actually do have to, you'd actually do have to find your way. And here's a, here's a, a, here's a, a, a wealth of things that might support you in in finding that, here are some things to try. Find often, you know, working with a sort of vocabulary of encouraging experimentation, right? Which comes back to like, you know, learning by doing and, and, a, and a cycle of experience-based learning. But um, I'm working with a leadership program now and, and we, we talk a lot about experimentation with different approaches and, and different techniques. Um, and it is rooted in that, in that, in, in that sort of idea that, um, to 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 develop as a leader is is a is a practice of developing you know your own self your own your own way and and learning and developing skills um, i guess with some target groups you could call it like a b testing <laughs> or <laughs> yeah a, 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 a b testing your your yeah your your, your leadership your style. way of, of being and doing as yeah. A leadership, as a leader, yeah so but what do you think is like the future of learning? Because in the last half year or, or three quarters of a year, like there's so much that has changed and shifted in the in the education space and in the training space and in the learning space. Like a lot of it has moved 
online and remote. And mm-hmm. some things are now being done like in person, but in a weird way that people can't really talk with each other very much because they all have to keep distance and have masks on and are almost more detached from one another when they're in the same room as they would be if they were all in front of their screens, but they can see their whole faces, right? What do you think is is going to stick? I, th- <laughs> I, I feel like there's this really interesting like tension and paradox between um, sort of what sucks about working online and doing stuff remotely. Um, and I, And I find myself being both really kind of curious about and sympathetic to the, the 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 research that shows like working on zoom has an effect on our nervous system and it does and it does fatigue us like that's not a I don't think that's a fiction I don't think that's a mythical thing I think and as we as it gets studied more like the it was reading something about that that you know as human beings we co-regulate you know our brains co-regulate when we are present with each other and that's actually harder to do when we're when we're remote and that has an effect on our nervous system that triggers literally our like fight or flight system right so that's our our and 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 that's uh that's that's not great right that's not where we want to be that's a challenge and a real one at the same time i also find myself wanting to prove and show that and 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 I and I've had also like lots of experiences and 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 I'm ex- often experimenting with how can we create intimacy and play and creativity and that sort of magic right that we know is possible with great human collaboration um, that's possible as well and so I and I think that. We are and are continuing, we'll continue to find more creative and, 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 and experimental ways to overcome the, 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 the screens that separate us. And I mean, just as like the littlest examples, uh, you know, we're, we are, I find my, you know, often like dancing on, you know, on, in, in a, you know, in front of my screen, uh, you know, having, we use, you know, music and what kinds of rituals can we, can we bring in or, or, or playing, you, you know, weird games where, okay, everyone has to go and find something, uh, fluffy. And the first one to bring back a fluffy thing to the, to the screen, like, like wins the energizer. Like, and those are, those are, you know, little micro playful moments. But I think what's, in that is, you know, we're trying to, trying to sort of break the, 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 the breakthrough, the, the sort of, um, static screen separatedness of, um, of, of working remotely. And, and, um, yeah, that, that combined with, I think then the, the, the other kind of aspect of it is, is you know i get i get super excited when when zoom or teams or these different platforms that we work with drops a new feature like ooh all of a sudden zoom is going to allow us to have our participants choose their own breakout rooms what can we do with that then all of a sudden something opens up to now we can have you know we can design things where we can have our participants freely moving around a new possibility, a new thing that we can then play with and experimenting with. And I think there's more, there's a lot more of that coming down the pipeline and, and read, you know, if you read into, um, at Microsoft, for instance, you've got, um, Jaron Lanier, who's a, who's this, like this, like wacky, brilliant, uh, um, thinker on, on technology and social media. And he's, he's been around, uh, is a, a philosopher of, 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 of social media and, and Microsoft hired him literally to help them kind of, um, figure out how to do this, just this sort of thing. And if anyone has seen that, if you're a Microsoft teams user, maybe you've seen together mode, um, which is just this funny view where you can go from being in little squares and it'll like superimpose everybody's body into what looks like a, a sitting together in an audience. And it's just this like weird, like experimental feature, but, but actually what's behind it is, is an effort to, to try to 
to again break the break the break through kind of the the, the static ways that we're used to. Uh, and even you, Baston, I noticed you were posting actually something of a, a VR virtual reality sort of cafe room that that you were that you were that you were playing in the other day. Like that, that feels like it's in the same. On two on two levels, that was an interesting exercise. Like a, it's a it's an app or a service or a platform called Tail, and so you um, you create an avatar. And then this avatar gets displayed in a 3D fashion within this space. And you can like zoom in and out and take different perspectives on the different people. There are table and then the you can sit with different people at a table, go to a different table, go to the stage and so on. But what we also had was a situation where for one of the people that didn't really work well. And so he couldn't uh, like express his emotions through you know like pressing symbols on the screen because he didn't have these symbols on the screen and he couldn't really move somewhere or he found it very hard to decide where like how to move and so i'm also like since then i'm i'm more and more thinking okay like who when you get everybody into a room like you need to make an effort to get them all physically there but then you have them there Mm. right and they're all in a very egalitarian fashion, sitting on the same chairs, they're then having the same environment, they're uh, having the same exposure to sunlight, they're having the same, like, <laughs> and so I'm now wondering with more and more reliance on, on technology and people being essentially in their houses, you know, that we are going to maybe have more and more social discrepancies between like i noticed that during the lockdown right when my two children had to have school from home and my wife was working and i was trying to work as well and we needed to have four internet connected computing devices right so my youngest Mm -hmm. used my ipad uh, the oldest used my 11 year old imac Uh, i had my laptop, my wife had her laptop. But that means that we are a family of um, people who have this amount of computing power in their house. So do you, like, what's your thought of about that? Yeah, no, I think that's, a, I, I think that's, that's, that's exactly right. And that's a real, that's a real issue. And I, there's another side, you know, when we talk about access, which is, which is, which is that <laughs> when we need to bring people to a room together, that means we need to bring people all the way to that room together and and if that's a if that's a a group of people who are all in the same city and can easily show up and can easily be there then that's one thing but i think when we when we talk about access the the other you know the the opportunity that we have is is about including people from all over the world, not having to travel, um, including, you know, creating opportunity for, for more and, and larger groups. One of the things that I, I think is interesting is, is like, as doing more and more stuff online, um, actually in, in, in many ways, sometimes, you know, we can have, we can work with, with larger, larger groups, right? Um, of course, you know, more, more global groups, as I say, but if, if the because the, the, if the nature of the way that we that we then work is a lot about having you know having our big group maybe you know and then having small you know smaller groups that then sort of break out and work together and 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 have that sort of that sort of more intimate experience in small groups three four five people or small working teams maybe. Um, Oftentimes, you sort of, you know, getting the question like we have some have a, 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 an online process coming up where we're going to run a series of consultative uh, sessions, kind of uh, a focus group type thing. If if we would have done that sort of, you know, live somewhere, and we'd said, how many people should we include? Well, we might have sort of considered the size of the room that we have, and we might have said, well, like thirty people. But now, when 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 our client was asking us, we were like. They were like, well, do you think we can do, do you think we could do like 50 or 60? And we were like, yeah, well, you know, well, sure. Could we do 100? Yeah, we could also do that. 
because because the the mechanisms of how we can work is 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 actually it's easy to move between between kind of large and small and use different documentation tools to gather input and stuff and that's not going to be the case for every type of experience you might want to create certainly the the size of a of a of a school class right it, at least at least for now in the current paradigms is is you know is, is still should be an an intimate group where we can all get to know everyone else and so on so it's it's very contextual but i think there's there's a lot of opportunities that that open up when it comes to access along with some some really real pitfalls and, and challenges around access to technology access to bandwidth and and so on um maybe just on that last point i think a really interesting area Working, working, for instance, with um, participants spread across the Middle East, North Africa, South Asia, um, and and actually an, an, an upcoming program where we'll be working specifically in Af- with with groups in Afghanistan, where we expect connectivity to be an even bigger issue, especially if you're not in a city, um, and asking the question, okay, how might we work if video conferencing is not possible? If, if, if the connections that people have don't make it possible to video conference, everyone might have a, you know, might everyone has access to a computer, but the bandwidth isn't there to do what we're most used to doing, where we're most used to creating connection and intimacy, which is like being on video together. And I, do, I don't quite know the answer to that. I don't know if you have any thoughts in that direction, but I think that's an interesting frontier also when we talk about access is, is where we have, you know, bandwidth uh, um, access being being limited yeah i think like what one of the things that that i'm thinking a lot about when it comes to um like remote virtual learning is the the possibilities and the opportunities that lay in synchronicity and asynchronicity so that in in online and remote stuff we can work a lot more in asynchronous fashions right we can ask people to to do something and record themselves and then very slowly upload that video somewhere, right? And it doesn't have to be all together in the same moment, even in the same time zone. But then again, you have the challenge with, you know, like when I switch off this computer, I'm not in a room with you anymore. I'm suddenly in my bedroom, right? Or I'm in my living room. And so this just this jumping between the worlds is then also very difficult to get into the space of, okay, I'm in this learning room right now, but when I turn my head slightly, it looks different, <laughs> right? Or that's the kitchen over there. And so it's, um, I think this is also something that causes some of this fatigue that you mentioned before that, uh, you know, just this mental travel that happens between like i'm with you right now in this in-between space between copenhagen and Wurzbach. but as the, the moment we say goodbye and we switch off we're both again into in these other worlds right so uh, but there's opportunity in there as well to say like okay we can have a thousand people in this moment asynchronously then we can have 10 synchronously in this moment and 10 synchronously in that moment and then again it gets sent out to the thousands and we can work with podcasts we can work with youtube channels we can work with this and this and this but also i find quite often when i speak to clients about this they say like whoa 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 that's you know that's too much <laughs> like we we just want this uh, couple of hours training and okay it can't be two days can it be four times half a day uh mm-hmm. and uh but they still want the old paradigm somehow they are not open to say like all right let's rethink learning now you know they're like oh no 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 that that's not, that sounds exhausting let's let's think about how we can make what we are used to more possible in the current circumstances yeah i no definitely uh, what what are you what are you what are you discovering in that like what have you been what have you been been, been playing with or trying out that's been fruitful i don't know like uh, but i've i've downloaded a few things that i've played with but not used with clients yet so this mm-hmm, mm. have you heard of that mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i have yeah yeah so, so i've 
I've got that and I still have to figure it out. I I might still have to build myself a green screen because, uh, you know, my, my computing power is not strong enough to deal with my messy background here and it needs a uniform color. Uh, but I think that could be interesting. I'm still, I'm still wondering how much of that is too much play, uh, like mm-hmm. play for the novelty of it and not really for the educational power that it can bring mm-hmm. um <laughs> you could you can do your best like john oliver impression like of you know that's what that's basically what that allows you to do right is like a weekend update john oliver kind of uh, which i think could make for some can make for some really fun presentations or some you know bringing bringing to life you know content delivery in a a more interesting way but i I hear what you mean like is that really you know meaningfully shift shift, shifting anything exactly i think what i'm finding more and more is that things like getting people very quickly into breakout rooms getting people very quickly into just one-on-one or groups of three or groups of four very small groups that can talk with each other about something i think Mm -hmm. that has proven to be like the most effective thing and not so much that how can I make sure that my presentation is visible and uh, and, and so on. Like, I, I mean, all of that is important, but some of it seems to be more gadgetry and the other actually mm. empowers more human connection. And I think that is the big building block right now. Like how can we keep the human connection with the lack of the human body? It is a bit back to basics, isn't it? Like, you know, getting getting people connecting with each other around things that matter to them and make them feel motivated or 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 things that have meaning and and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the the tools that you've uh, throughout this time have come to find like more useful than you thought they would be or like rediscovering mm-hmm. old gems that you know were forgotten and now proved to be really awesome i do find that like the digital whiteboard you know choose your tool whether it's whether it's there's you know a bunch of them out there mural or miro or google's Jamboard, um and have have utilized all of them but i i definitely have lots of use for those, whether it's for, you know, a, a, a kind of brainstorming type exercise or recently um, this week was doing a like um, as, as at the wrap up of a program, doing a sort of appreciation to each other. Right. At, at the end of a long journey and, and participants giving each other appreciative feedback and, and each one having their own, you know, little board and people would put digital post-its on for for each other um, to to uh, doing a, a, in, in that same in that same wrap up, doing a kind of history map, right? The populating the timeline of our of our experience together with highlights and memories and um, and moments. So, the, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a sort of type of, of tool that has that has a lot of use, a visual space to to, to co create together, whatever that co creation might be. Um, and then you know you were talking about asynchronous collaboration asynchronous communication um and have have uh, and i i i think that's a, a powerful approach as well and and have been using again different different platforms but slack or microsoft teams um as you know these tools that are designed to be in in most cases like digital workspaces for teams or for organizations but like slightly repurposing that for to be a digital workspace or a digital learning space for uh, for participants in a in a given setting to share their reflections share work that they've done deliver on uh, tasks or assignments um, give feedback to each other deliver the announcements and, and the, the the updates from the from the the, the ones facilitating um, and of course uh, those are you know that's a, those are asynchronous types of platforms right Every, anyone can can write in at any time you can you can be there when it pops up or not um, and the, then the interesting challenge there you were speaking to it a little bit as well like do people feel comfortable and confident and at ease using those platforms? Are they? Do they feel familiar? Do they feel easy? Or does that feel like somewhere they need to go, right? To 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 open up and and they, they and and if people 
aren't there, if they're not engaging and sharing and putting little thumbs up on posts and, or other emojis when stuff shows up, what I notice is that it, it can, they, those can feel a little bit like slightly pretty static kind of dead, you know, in worst case, kind of dead spaces that don't really come alive. In best case, you can kind of get a culture and get behaviors and get the norms where people use it and they're active and you can kind of get this really special, like, like community feeling where like, even if we're not together there at the same time, we kind of feel like we're all there and stuff's happening. Um, I think that's a, that, that does feel like a bit of a work in progress. And, and I'm also curious if, if there will be new, new tools like coming down the pipeline that'll, that'll try to crack the nut of how to, you know, from a, from a tool, from a product perspective, is there a, is there a better version? Right. Cause like I said, I think we're, I think when we use Slack or when we use Microsoft teams, we are repurposing it a little bit. Again, it's like designed sort of as like a collaboration for teams and we're kind of pulling it over as a learning space. So yeah, I wonder what, what we might start to see if, if there'd be new stuff coming. Yeah. I find that the, the less installation and the less new thing it has to be the better like if someone already uses slack and and has the slack app on their computer and on their uh, phone and it's it's easy for them to just change workspaces it's a lot more likely that they are going to use it than if mm. someone has never used slack before doesn't want to download the apps for their computer and their phone and just occasionally goes to the website, right? Because that's yeah. when it dies, you know, like it needs to become a present part of someone's life. And then it's all a question of, do they want that or not? You know, like, is this right now important enough? Does the learning experience earn it? And I think there sometimes we, we might also just have to have the humility to say like, okay, what it is that I want to give this person doesn't want to give it the space in their life that I think would be awesome to give it. Yeah. Right? I know of, I, I think that's, that, that's so right. And, and that, that, that challenge of like, what is the, what is the existing user behavior? Like just back to like, you know, getting, getting to know and understand your learners and empathize with them. It's like, where are like, and that has to do with the, you know, generation, culture, uh, life experience, what kind of, you know, what is their, what is their professional work life look like? You know, and, and, um, I, I know of one, one program where they were like, okay, we're going to use WhatsApp because that's actually where people are. And that's how we can, that's how we can, you know, best connect and have a good, uh, you know, have the, have the best possible kind of connection to our participant group. <laughs> I hear that. And I'm like, Ooh, yikes. That just feels like a, like messy and sort of a intrusion of, of a crossover of like my, you know, my mobile phone and, and, and work life and personal life. So it's, yeah, it's like, how do you both meet people where they are, right? Meet people where they are and what they're already using while also, you know, creating a space that, that, um, that, you know, allows people to choose and have, have autonomy over, how they how they how they engage and 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 how they step in and out and so on yeah like with this whole thing like the learning experience then becomes a lot more embedded in someone's already existing life because it's not just in the training room or in the classroom where you enter you're in that life and then you exit and then you're in a, in a different life uh, but like that i would if it would be on WhatsApp something, I would have it next to like, okay, this is the group with all the parents from the second grade that are talking about, you know, this school activity. And, and here is the, the board from this NGO that I am on. And they're all in the same kind of, it's almost in the same room. And they are, you know, these different groups in this room that have nothing to do with each other. And I need to context switch. And that mm -hmm. I think I would find super hard. And I guess learners as well, right? If you start sending them messages in a space where something else happens in their life, then they exactly. are going to find it way hard to engage with that. Yeah. No, so I think this, like, the, how, to, how to make the asynchronous thing, like, work well and be as seamless as possible and, like, like 
like have people's attention when you need it, but also let them have autonomy over how much they want to take in and how much do I, cause you know, some people are like, bring it on, put it in WhatsApp. That's where I spend my, my time and put my attention. And other people are like you, that just sounds like not, not where I want it at all. So, um, yeah, like such a range of, uh, different personalities and behaviors and preferences and, 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 and mature digital maturity levels and all of it. So I think it's an interesting one. It certainly is an interesting time (laughs) right now. Like I, I have this feeling like we're at the end of something and at the beginning of something new, not just because of this pandemic, right? It almost Mm -hmm. feels like, okay, we're at the end of hyper-industrialization and globalization and global mobility and climate change is going to, you know, make a lot of that totally impossible in the future mm-hmm. and uh, ai is going to take a lot of jobs that right now give the majority of the people work uh is going to do that in the future so it, it feels like we're in this middle space of one age and another age and learning is going to have such a big part in that and we're right in the in the eye of the tornado in a way being ripped left and right <laughs> it 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 is such a flux and i and i feel like yeah it's to just i think try to for for me i think one just kind of disposition and and kind of attitude is to is to try to um continuously just kind of cultivate like openness to change openness to being challenged openness to to working in different ways like and that's a you know I, I that comes along with you know my own wanting to be comfortable wanting to wanting to to be able to rely on on what i know and and, and what i do well but i think to, to what you say like you definitely feel that and in in this and in this ridiculous year that we're having it feels more more potent than ever um so trying i think just from a mindset perspective to 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 constantly um yeah both like okay what 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 do i know i i do well what are my skills what do i bring how do i how do i put that to it to best use and also um stay as open as possible because things are (laughs) things are are not going to not going to be static and 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 i don't think that the 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 I don't think there's like a going back to, right. There's not a, there's not a going back to, to normal. Of course, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be sort of waves and, and, and moments of, of change and disruption. But yeah, I think to me, that feels like an important like mindset to be, to be always cultivating is like that willingness and openness to yeah dare to stretch and experiment and meet new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a weird time to be alive. <laughs> it's exciting, but it's exhausting. Like it's uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah. many things at once. Yeah, and I I kind of want to ask you like what's next for you, but also it's you know I'm aware it's 2020 <laughs> and no one knows anything. But is this something you're excited about right now that is coming up for you? Oh. Yeah, I think, I think it, it like to, I think it, it, yeah, what's next does feel ambiguous, but I'm, you know, I've, I've, yeah. (laughs) That's like, oh, yeah. It's a very 2020 answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We all don't know. No, look, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to seek out the, you know, work and projects that feel, that feel meaningful, that are, that are together with, with great people. Um, I think, I think for me often, you know, in trying to figure out, you know, where to, where to put my energy and where to seek out you know the the next thing um and it it's it's it often has a lot to do 
at, with that intersection of the the people I get to work with and and a, and a, uh, and 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 something that feels purposeful, uh, purposeful in terms of being you know working on something bigger than myself, purposeful and maybe sometimes in the sense of I'm going to learn a lot from this. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's a weird time and things are uncertain and it's been a year of things going and other things coming. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying not to be attached too attached to, to particular specific things, but focusing on, on, on what feels purposeful and, and, um, that, and that counts one thing at a time. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Alex, for, you know. Thank you. The time. Yeah, thank you. And thus we are again at the end of an episode of Learner Journeys, which I hope was as enjoyable for you to listen to as it was for me to be a part of this conversation with Alex. If you want to learn more about who he is and what he's doing, I'll I'll put a couple of links into the show notes and I'm I'm looking forward to the next time that I get to be in a room with him and actually have a beverage and continue this conversation that was so inspiring for me. And for you, I hope that the the tools that we've discussed, the approaches that we spoke about will continue to be useful for you and that this conversation was a useful conversation to be a passive part of for this week. And with that, I wish you a wonderful rest of this week, a wonderful rest of this day. And I'm looking forward to the next time I'm in your ears with Learner Journeys. Take care.